0: Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director, APPA. We're joined today by Henry Martinez, General Manager of California Public Power Utility Imperial Irrigation District. Henry, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. So, um, Henry, just to kind of get things started, could you talk about your career path in the um, utility sector?
1: Certainly. Well, thank you. Um, Yes, I've been in the uh, utility business, electric utility business specifically, for about more than 45 years. Uh, work and starting with Southern California Edison as an entry-level engineer uh, in 1975 and uh, and through my career worked with the large uh, uh, utility, uh, both public and, and private, uh, with uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, where I spent about seven years, uh, 10 years with the Department of Water and Power in Los Angeles, and here in the last uh, three years with the Imperial Irrigation District. Uh, over my career, I've had... Uh, both technical, managerial, and uh, policy uh, positions, uh, uh, including uh, uh, Edison uh, was um, uh, positions as vice president of production, energy production, uh, corporate safety, uh, ethics and compliance, uh, and also operating the grid for Southern Cal Edison, uh, DWP, chief operating officer of the electric system, uh, as well as interim general manager. For a period of time, and uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority, uh, Vice President of Hydro, and also Vice President of of Fossil Power back in those years. Here at the department, here at the district, I've been General Manager for the last two years, and prior to that, Energy Manager of the uh, Imperial Irrigation District.
0: So, um, Henry, in doing some preparation for this interview, I noticed that there were a couple of uh, pretty significant events over the summer that the utility had to grapple with, one of which was in August. Uh, IID hit a new record for peak electricity demand. Could you talk about the ways in which the utility was able to successfully meet this challenge and um, any lessons learned in terms of preparing for summer 2022?
1: Well, thank you. Yes, uh, definitely the all-time peak uh, stress our system uh, quite, quite a bit in regards to meeting the, the requirements of our customers during the summer. Temperature here gets uh, average uh, over 16, 116 degrees during the summer, which basically requires uh, uh, reliable uh, power to our customers to maintain air conditioning load and uh, other services for uh, businesses and uh, industrial communities here in the area. Uh, we had to prepare basically a uh, year before to make sure that we have plenty of capacity. But by layering in a number of uh, products, uh, of course, our generation, internal generation, which provides uh, roughly 70% of our, our peak demand, the other 30% has uh, been comprised of uh, basically uh, the additional power purchase agreements that we have or have had over the years and, and also other instruments of power uh, of call options uh, for from energy generators to augment our system. Along with that is the issue of transmission. Uh, we've been relying on the CalISO system for quite, quite a number of years. Business practices within the CalISO uh, uh, restrict to some extent uh, the transmission of energy from the CalISO footprint to ours, so we had to also procure <clears throat> transmission rights outside of the CalISO system to bring those uh, that energy required to our grid safely and reliably. Uh, And then lastly, as we start experiencing the aspects of additional capacity uh, shortfalls per se, uh, we initiated an effort to secure portable generators, roughly 60 megawatts that were installed on our three critical substations that would provide additional power to our system as needed. And as it did happen, uh, we were able to energize those generators and, and not only provide energy for our system, but also during that same period, uh, Governor Newsom here in California declared a, an emergency for the rest of the state. Uh, again, because of power shortages, and we were able to provide excess power uh, out of our system back to the uh, to California, the CalISO, for uh, support and civilization of the grid. So it, it was a challenging summer, and uh, definitely lessons learned as uh, we're preparing ourselves for next summer, as we anticipate. Equal or somewhat greater peak demands for for a system in twenty twenty
0: two. So so along with the you know hitting the new peak demand record, um, you, you also had to grapple with major back to back storms that um, knocked out power to customers. And so we would love to hear from you in terms of how Imperial Irrigation District um, successfully responded to these storms in terms of quickly restoring power to customers and and also repairing damaged infrastructure.
1: Well, as you know, in this case of emergencies, uh, it's basically all hands on deck that we have available. We have uh, roughly 80 construction linemen here within the district. And we also have a partnership with Irby Construction, which is another augmentation of our crews for for restoration. So the effort basically was to dispatch, of course, as quickly as possible, uh, both manpower and materials to the site. To restore uh, uh, the first round was 33 poles of transmission lines that uh, basically moves power between uh, Southern uh, Imperial County up to the Coachella Valley, and uh, and again the uh, impact there it basically uh, interrupted power to about uh, 1,400 customers uh, in the area. So that uh, <clears throat> that uh, work basically working 24/7. For four days, roughly, provided uh, the ability to to at least uh, get the power uh, restored. We had to really work around uh, some creative ways to uh, also, uh, while the construction was going on, was going on, is to uh, pick up uh, additional small chunks of load of customers by uh, doing uh, temporary loops of of energy from other sources uh, in the vicinity, uh, and also providing some water. Uh, uh, and the portable generators were needed to, to provide uh, cooling centers and then also provide um, uh, food, uh, food activities for or provisions for, for customers that, that needed water and, and, and also uh, food distribution. Uh, we also provided uh, some relief uh, for customers that uh, could not uh, stay in their homes for an extended period of time, working with the county of Riverside to provide vouchers for housing. And then lastly we work cooperatively with the county to set up some emergency sites um, to respond to uh, immediate needs of both medical needs and and also just in general maintaining the uh, health and vitality of the of the customers in the area and, and again, just re- to remind you uh, during that time that the outage hit were uh, again the the summer load or summer temperature was uh, pretty high in the over 100 degrees and and definitely a need for for cooling centers uh, uh what the power was being restored uh within that uh, day a couple of days when that outage began uh, we had another storm that hit the southern part of our system bringing down uh, over uh, over 100 uh, transmission poles uh that also devastated our system here and it was not only the destruction and restoration of those poles that were needed uh, for uh, to restored load for some of the customers. But it also knocked down 10 ge- geothermal plants in essence that were providing energy, not only to us, but also to uh, Southern California Public Power Authority members and, and also the CalISO. Uh, so it definitely was uh, a situation that we could not have do by ourselves again, uh, just with the crews that we had. So we initiated a, a um, mutual aid request to utilities outside of the uh, our district. We did receive very positive uh, response from adjacent uh, utilities, specifically uh, Burbank, Burbank Power, uh, Water and Power. We had some uh, crews released from LADWP, uh, San Diego Gas and Electric, uh, Southern California Edison, uh, Arizona Public Service and Nevada Energy. All in all, we, uh, uh, in conjunction with the crews, that were able to move from the first outage up in the Riverside County area. Uh, In addition to these crews, we're we're working again, round the clock, acquiring materials and manpower to uh, be able to restore that power uh, as quickly as possible. And it took uh, several days to get that power back on. Uh, However, again, uh, it was just uh, cooperation and utilization of the mutual aid that uh, worked out. Uh, in, in our behalf here to help us put our system back in service and restore power to the valley. But indeed, those uh, those are the type of challenges that we did find ourselves in the summer, in, in addition just to the high peaks that were of our, you know, demanding from our customers uh, uh, that uh, really tax uh, both uh, our resources and, and manpower uh, requirements to, to meet those needs.
0: Thanks, Henry. So I um, wanted to uh, switch gears here and talk about energy storage. And as you know, um, a lot of public power utilities have either installed energy storage systems in recent years or, or there are other utilities, public power utilities that are exploring energy storage. Now, in the case of Imperial Irrigation District in 2016, the utility brought online a 30-megawatt lithium-ion battery storage system. So would be interested for you to to, to walk our, our listeners through how the, the storage system has benefited Imperial Irrigation District and its customers since it came online?
1: Well, certainly. And this is uh, this addition, as you said, it was uh, installed in 2020, 2016 and has uh, really provided a lot of benefits uh, to the district as a balancing authority to meet the requirements to uh, balancing not only the load, but also to provide those ancillary services that are required uh, to maintain the system stable and reliable. First of all, the the whole aspect of uh, being able to use the battery to store energy when we have uh, overproduction um, of solar uh, that we have some contracts with solar providers uh, gives us the ability to again store that energy when it's not needed in our system and then uh, dispatch the uh, the energy when is no, most needed and so the load shifting there of capturing that energy uh, and storing it and releasing it when it's needed is really a great advantage. As I mentioned before, the ancillary services of um, supporting our system as a balancing authority uh, include uh, providing the great fl- uh, uh, stability that are required to integrate a lot of the renewables that are coming on our system. This so it also provides frequency regulation, uh, power balancing, and then in addition to that, the, uh, as we start to import or install more uh, renewable energy uh, projects here in California, the battery becomes a, a good enabler to integrate those systems uh, smoothly into the grid. The other part, I think, in the aspects of the battery is that uh, it can be also be used as a black start uh, unit. That is, that if for whatever reason, we lose power in the whole system. Uh, we can use uh, the battery to begin starting our gas uh, uh, plants in essence as a black start uh, in conjunction with also the hydro system that we have uh, hydro units we have installed on the all-american canal and then ultimately at the end of the day uh, it also uh, provides us better utilization of our our fossil units uh, our gas units because you don't have to necessarily uh, start and stop the, the peaker units or maintain more stable load on the uh, on the gas units, so they're not wrapping uh, up and down. So there there are a lot of benefits to to the battery, uh, and so from that perspective, uh, just we just uh, issued a hundred uh, RFP to procure another 100 megawatts of uh, batteries uh, here over the next year or next couple of years, so that we can continue to add more battery capacity in our system. We see this as a a good uh, tool to integrate uh, and transition our our whole portfolio of generation
0: uh,
1: as we continue to advance more and more renewable projects in our system.
0: Great, yeah, you uh, you actually read my mind. I was going to ask you about um, possibility of adding additional storage. So, um, with respect to that um, solicitation, what's the uh, like? What's the rough timeline on that at this point?
1: Well, we're asking for a fairly turnaround. Uh, on response on this RFP. Uh, We're trying to uh, secure additional capacity for next summer, and we're asking uh, potential uh, energy providers or or, uh, contractors that may be interested in this uh, uh, RFP to uh, see if it's possible to install at least 60 megawatts um, before the next summer, so we can secure that capacity requirement, and then uh, then an additional 40 megawatts over the next uh, couple of years. Uh, that would be, in essence, um, the the you know, the outcome that we'd like to see from from the RSP. Uh, we're also looking for four-hour batteries and eight-hour batteries. Uh, we're, we're looking at that option because, again, with the situation of the long-term duration of storage and smoothing out the system, sometimes the eight-hour batteries can bring us more uh, ability to regulate and better utilize the uh, the production levels of. Uh, of energy, uh, not only in our system but also uh, from the outside of our system as well. So, so we're looking at different options, but in in essence, we have a short fuse uh, to get these batteries in place. And we realize that the market may uh, may be uh, already at this point saturated with a lot of requ- requirements or requests for batteries, and the supply may be may be short due to the uh, uh, availability of batteries. But nonetheless. Uh, we're uh, asking for an aspirational goal at this point to, to get these 60 megawatts online by next summer. So, so it, is, uh, it is a big lift, but uh, we believe that, uh, again, this is going to be fundamental uh, to our system uh, going forward.
0: So just a wrap-up question, um, bigger picture kind of question for you, Henry. Um, what, what are your current priorities um, for Imperial Irrigation District? And are there any specific projects underway at the utility you'd like to highlight?
1: Certainly, so we're in a process uh, of beginning construction or reconstruction of a of a transmission line that basically ties our system directly to the California Independent System Operator. It's uh, it's called the S line, and this is an 18 mile uh, transmission line. It's uh, currently operating at 92,000 volts, and it's going to be upgraded to 230. So it'll be a high voltage uh, a critical path, basically for system stability uh, between our, system, our two systems. And it also provides, say, uh import capabilities and export capabilities in and out of our system back to, uh, to California. Uh, so that's underway now, and we're planning to begin construction later this month uh, so we can provide, uh, uh, begin in, you know, to increase the reliability of our system and, uh, and again, improve the uh, transfer capability. Between uh, Calais and us. Uh, With that in mind, we're also the uh, there's a lot of development here on uh, additional geothermal in the known uh, resource area for geothermal that we have uh, near the Salton Sea. Uh, And with that, uh, there's been a a recent announcements of uh, adding uh, substantial uh, megawatts of new capacity. Roughly, there's about 540 megawatts of current um, geothermal. And the idea is to expand it uh, probably more than a 1,000 of new uh, geothermal in the the next several years. And in conjunction with that, it's also uh, create a lithium extraction uh, process to take advantage of the brine that is used for geothermal. So so those two developments themselves uh, will require additional transmission uh, lines to be able to export the energy out of our system. Uh, and from that perspective, uh, we're looking at again to how do we expand the system uh, in such a way that uh, we can facilitate the uh, uh, take advantage of the, of the new renewable resource, which is uh, very attractive because it is dispatchable and it is also base load to be base loaded, which is something that California needs, uh, and not only us, but frankly, I think throughout the West, uh, that's a, the kind of uh, dispatchable uh, renewable energy that's really desirable to uh, uh, maintain the system steady. Uh, In conjunction with that, uh, there's uh, again, uh, other transmission expansions that we're looking at to uh, again, continue to reinforce the ability to be more flexible in the way that we import and export systems, energy from our system. Uh, We're also upgrading uh, what we call path 42. This is the interconnection between ID in California ISO up in the in the Coachella Valley. Uh, we have applied for a basically an increase in uh, export capacity there. We expect that um, project to be completed at the end of the year, which basically will double the export capacity that we currently have uh, to CalISO as well. Uh, and then, of course, um, we have um, uh, a list of many, many projects, uh, solar interconnections that are being requested for our system, uh, solar battery uh, components, uh, and then also, what I would say, a a new nascent type of technology of uh, hydrogen production that uh, uh, at least a a couple of major developers are interested in locating here in, in the valley. So uh, I guess in general we can say that uh, there's a lot of potential here developing for us uh, that is gonna bring a lot of opportunities here for the Imperial Valley but at the same time a lot of challenges in regards to infrastructure uh, new investments uh, and from that perspective uh, just uh, you know uh, uh, being smart and and, uh, and progressive in, in moving these uh, projects forward all in all I think the uh, the projects themselves are going to provide uh, quite a bit of uh, uh new jobs uh changing the economy to some extent and diversifying just the uh the type of services we have here in the valley
0: well great henry thanks uh, again uh for taking time out of your day to speak with us it's been a great conversation and uh I'd like to extend you an open invitation to return as a guest on the podcast at some point in the future so thanks again for taking the time out of your day to speak with us
1: well you're welcome and again thank you for the opportunity and. Uh, I think as we see some of these projects develop, uh, they're more um, uh, coming to fruition. It would be a good time maybe to check up and and give a provide you with an update of where things are at.
0: Okay. Thanks again.